the Elite Life Podcast. With your hosts, Trisha and Kylie. Here, we guide you on a journey of personal and professional transformation. Revealing the secrets to success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, join us as we unlock the doors to the elite world of growth, grit, and grace. So, let's dive in. Welcome, 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 friends, to another episode of the Elite Life Podcast. My name's Trish, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host, Kylie. fantastic. I get incredible, wonderful, fantastic. I appreciate that. And we have an amazing guest today who wears multiple hats and excels in every single role she steps into. She's not just an amazing mom, but also a caring police officer and a published author. Everybody, welcome Bevan Alzheimer. Bevan. Hello. I'm so glad to finally have you on the I show. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I love it so much. Bevan is one of my very, very very best friends. I have three friends, Trisha, Bevan, and Amanda, because my mom doesn't count. My mom would round that out at four whole friends. I was like, who are you going to make up for the third one? Because it's just us two. <laughs> <laughs> I have Amanda. She hasn't come on the show yet, but I'm working on it. She's a little bit more of an introvert on that. And uh, we are here to talk with Bevan because she is an amazing person who does amazing things. And um, we're excited to have you here. So for those of you who don't know Bevan, um, she is, again, one of my dearest friends. And uh, um, so that our listeners can get a really good idea of how you came to be at this amazing point in your life where you're homeschooling your children, you graduated the police academy, and now you serve as a Waterford police officer. Not to mention, you know, you keep your physical and diet routines, putting me to shame, both of you. And, um, oh, I think and we would have rubbed off on her by now. You I know? mean, come on, get your life together, Kylie. Nope, nope. So, have two literal of, drill sergeants. You've come heard, on. you've heard of the never Trumpers. I am the never runner. I will never run. <laughs> For anything but my life and probably free tacos. But that is another show. Um, yeah, I was just running down your accolades. And uh, real estate and book publishing, all of the things. Uh, and then you are supposed to tell us. <laughs> who you are and how you got here. Let's start at the beginning and end at the end. Who was okay. small baby Bevan and then bring us to okay, today? I was, you said beginning, not from inception. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't need to hear about Sam and Lorna. Nope. You can start wherever you want to start. Yeah. Okay. So I was homeschooled. I am the last of five children. My mother homeschooled all of us. We were going to a Christian school for probably until I was in second grade. And finally, and they lived in Rochester Hills. Drove all, she would drive us all the way out to Highland Hills, Christian school every wow. morning. Wow. And it got to the point where she was like, Sam, no more. They're being homeschooled. So I was homeschooled. So that's that's one of the reasons my kids are homeschooled. Um, from there, I have a very big military family, Marine Corps, Army, Navy. So that has always been instilled in me, the military thing, theme. Um my brother went in the Marine Corps. My brother and I were actually very, very close. Philip and I. Philip! <laughs> Kylie knows all. <laughs> um, so when he went in the Marine Corps, that was it. I'm going to go in the Marine Corps. Well, I got to the point where I got to the age where I wanted to sign up early at 17. And my brother, I was on the phone with him. He was stationed in Japan at the time. He said, if you enlist in the Marine Corps, 
I will never speak to you again. Really? Why? What? Why? He was like, don't do it. Don't you dare pick something else. I was like, Air Force it is. There, <laughs> <laughs> do that. So I ended up going in the Air Force, and I was a crew chief. I was stationed at um, Selfridge Air National Guard Base. Okay. So I did that for about two and a half, almost three years. Um, I worked on F-16s up there. Ooh. So my main goal was to go into avionics. I really wanted to work on all the avionics of the aircraft, but I ended up getting drawn into the mechanical side. So I really loved that. I was going to go into that, um, but I decided not to go for my um, airframe and power plant license, which some of my uncles were trying to push me to do because a lot of them had their EMP license. Um, so I did not do that, but I had a stronger, like, want to go into law enforcement so I started to try and go into the Detroit Police Department I think I was 20 19 or 20 at the time another friend of mine that I worked with as a crew chief said don't do that because you're too young to work in Detroit right now like, <laughs> I would not suggest that so then my cousin Weston who was in the army said well you like law enforcement so much why don't you just go in the army? They'll give you a gun right there. I was like, that's a bright idea. <laughs> so I went from going in the Air National Guard, transitioned over into active army, and became an MP. And I served as an MP for about four and a half, five years. I deployed to Iraq in 2011. Um, I did a lot of investigative work, running after bad guys, finding people, and... Uh, I did uh, FET team stuff, which is female engagement team. So when you're over in Iraq and you get handpicked, um, if you're good at your job, um, you get to go along with the special forces guys or the infantry guys to go find people. Culturally, men can't talk to females. So I'm a social butterfly. And they liked that about <laughs> me. They were like, hey, we need you to go talk to females and find out where certain people are. So... I got to do that um, quite a few times when I was over in Iraq. And then uh, after that, I got back from Iraq to Fort Polk. Um, I was at Fort Polk for a short while. I was getting ready to go back to Korea because I was stationed in Korea for a year. Um, and I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Yay! So I was like, okay, so it's either go to Korea and plant my roots in Korea or stay here. The big issue with that is a lot of my friends that were females that I deployed with, uh, some of them having newborns, they were away from their children, their baby, their newborn babies mm -hmm. for a year. And I did not that. I did not want that for Elena. Yeah. So, nope, done. Went and I dropped my Chapter 8 package and chaptered out for pregnancy. Um, a week after I got out of the Army, went back to college full-time there was no there was no option to stop I'm getting out what am I going to do now college okay went to college full-time got my degree went all the way through I started college in my third trimester so the majority of my pregnancy I actually spent in the army I continued to do PT while I was pregnant holy smokes continued all that stuff nothing changes just because you're pregnant so yeah continue to do that stuff uh, started college third trimester, was not easy, but I made it happen. Uh, graduated with my associates in accounting, then I started, and my associates in business, 
Then I started on my bachelor's at Northwood. Um, by that point, I was married. So <laughs> there was dealing with being a wife and being a mother and being a student and trying to continue to run. So when I was in the military, I ran through my entire military career. I ended up getting on the Army running team. Um, and I always tried to keep that alive. That was something that was instilled in me by my dad. So going backwards a little bit, when I got back to normal civilian life from being in my uh, training for the Air Force, my um, technical school and all that stuff, I had no hobby. I didn't have anything to do. So I was really struggling being back in normal civilian life. And my dad one day said to me, why don't you pick up running? I do the said, Sam voice. Why don't you pick up running? <laughs> I was like, well, who does that for fun? That sounds awful. He's like, well, I train for marathons. You should too. You would be great at that. And this was all during a movie. So we probably should have been watching the movie and not talking in the middle of the year. <laughs> so I ended up training for the Pinkney Half Marathon. Uh-huh. And I ran it with my dad, and from then on, I was hooked. Oh, I love it. It was all over. It was downhill from there. So I did running in the Army. I did the Army 10-miler. After that, I continued to train. Even when I was pregnant, I was running. I was trying to do mileage. Even if it was one mile a day, Mm -hmm. I was getting it in. So a big thing for me has always been trying to do something every day that is some sort of self-improvement. Whether it's you accomplished a gym routine or, you know, you finished a project with my daughter or something like that. Something that's some sort of self-improvement to better, you know, the environment where my kids are growing up, to better the environment for myself. Like, that's always been a huge thing for me. Um, Writing. Writing started when I was in probably middle school. The book Adrenaline Rush, actually, I started writing it when I was 13. No way! In my room on a cube computer with the little clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. <laughs> I was writing this book. So that book has developed and changed so much because I picked it back up again when I was in the military. So the entire seven years I was in the military, everywhere I was stationed, I was working on this book. Nice. So... All the military stuff that I talk about in there, the reason why I'm able to be so detailed is because I was literally living it at the point that I was writing all this stuff. So my life is really just a big, fat vat of Neapolitan ice cream. (laughs) It's like a movie. They could totally make a movie out of your life. I'm sitting here, like, totally captivated. I'm like, you're in Iraq, and you're, like, finding people and, like, talking. I'm like, I am am buying the tickets. I I am, like. So, shameless plug. Um, I have read Adrenaline Rush. So, I picked it up, and I was like, oh, I'm going to support my friend Bevan. I am going to get this book. I'm an avid reader, and we, Ryan and I were going out of town for our anniversary trip and I always like to take books like Ryan will tell you I will pack 1300 pounds of books for a four-day trip he's like you ain't gonna read all them books I'm like challenge accepted sir (laughs) so I'm like you're just not getting any attention that's what this is um so I picked your book up and I'm like I'm gonna support my friend I start reading it on the way up it's a four-hour drive 
I did not put that book down. I did not put it down. It is such a good story and the way you develop the characters and how they interact with the world around them and how you delve really deep into the main character's whole psyche and everything. So um, really quick, tell people where they can get a copy of your first book before you publish your second one. So my first book right now, I'm finishing doing a bunch of re-editing on it. Keeping the cover, not changing the cover. I love the cover. Um, It's going to be available on Amazon. You can go on Amazon, type it in by Bevan Goldsmith, and it'll pop up. So probably within the next, probably mid-February, it will be available on Amazon. Perfect. Are you going to put it on Audible? <laughs> I have actually been working on doing book on tape. Nice. Which is like a whole other process you got to go through because you got to find someone who has a nice voice to yeah. read it. So you got to do like auditions and things and you get to pick out who reads it. Julia Whelan is my favorite narrator and if anything she narrates, I will listen to. Okay. <laughs> That's who I'm going with. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like I at some point got a book that was her voice and then I just kept looking at more books and then I'm like literally anything she reads, I will listen to. <laughs> So um, we've got we've gotten up to that point. So now we have Elena. Yes. And what happens next? Okay. So uh, graduate with my bachelor's in accounting, and I am married at the time. I say at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was working on. Okay, the big thing for me was I'm in school. I am not graduating without a bleeping job like that's not acceptable to me okay so going all these interviews uh finally snagged a job department of the army for the army audit agency i got a job auditing the department of the army oh like the whole army where my boss is the secretary of the army and under him is the auditor general so i'm like well that's fine i've already been in that lifestyle anyways (laughs) i already know what they want out of me yeah so did that for two years. Um, before I got that job, it's important to say, um, when my daughter was two, I had started going through the process to work for the state police, the Michigan State Police Department. I got through the entire process, and I had like a part, more like a full-time job. I was supervising a lot of the clubs in Royal Oak. So I would get home probably 3, 4 o'clock at night because bars don't close until 2. It was a lot of fighting drunk people and things like that. Oh, that sounds delightful. my mother was living with me at the time because my daughter was Mm 2. So I remember getting up in the morning. I was absolutely thoroughly exhausted. And I walked to my back balcony. I, I lived in Wald Lake at the time in a condo. I looked out, the sun was shining down, my mom had Elena downstairs playing in the dirt in the garden because Elena wanted to squish the mud. She's all muddy. And it was then I realized, the state police, I cannot do that because I cannot be away. If I went to the state police, I would be away from her for five months, only be able to come home on the weekend to see her. And I told myself... That's not going to work because the reason that I got out of the military was for her mm-hmm. because I promised myself I would be here for her. So I went back to my room to check my email and lo and behold, I had an email from the state police saying they wanted me to come take the PT test because mm. they wanted me to come to their academy. 
and I wrote the recruiter back that day and said, I had a change of heart. This isn't going to work for me. So fast forward back to (laughs) (laughs) I'm auditing for the Department of the Army. I get one of my first major projects. I have to go away. So I fly to Fort Dix in New Jersey. I'm away for a week. I did that for about two years. And there was a point where I was stationed at Fort Belvoir in Washington, D.C. I was away for two weeks. I finally said, I can't do this anymore because I'm away way too much. I I cannot. I cannot do this. So I ended up resigning, stepping away from that position. Um, Immediately, if there was one thing that my ex-husband knew about me, he knew that I can't sit still. I can't just (laughs) not do it. So he looked at me and said, what are you going to do now? <laughs> I know. You either have a contingency plan or you're making one right now. Yeah. So we had talked about having more children. So I said, well, since I'm stepping away from this, why don't we have more children? So I got pregnant with my son, Jonathan. Yay, John John. Immediately after I got pregnant, I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do? Sure, I'm pregnant, but what do I do while I'm pregnant? <laughs> and of course, my ex-husband at the time was like, "What is wrong with you? Why don't you <laughs> just focus on being pregnant. Like, why can't you just like sit down." I'm yeah, like, no. I I can't sit down. Like when I sit down, now I feel useless. Like mm-hmm. I'm not contributing anything. I'm not doing anything. And another big part of that is being an example for my daughter. Like life not to sound depressing, life sucks sometimes. Like, life is hard. Life doesn't care if you have other things going on. Like, you got to figure out how to make things happen. And if you have goals, you're going to have a lot of mountains in the way sometimes, and it's going to look like you're not going to make it to that goal. But you have to figure out how to either dig through the mountain or go over it. But there's no, like, there's no stopping. The moment you become a quitter is when you stop trying to accomplish something or better yourself. So I ended up deciding to go back for my master's degree at Walsh College for accounting. Um, Found out that I was not as good of an accountant as I thought I was. (laughs) (laughs) Walsh College, let me tell you, if there's one thing they know about, it's business and accounting. So I ended up switching my degree in the middle of being pregnant to uh, data analytics. So here I am, because if there's one thing I know how to do, it's audit and skim through things and tell people how they don't do their jobs very well. You like your numbers. I do. I do. (laughs) So I ended up going back for that almost finished towards the end of, I think I had maybe three or four classes left to finish my master's degree is when my, my ex and I decided to separate so I had to take a step back from doing my master's degree and I sat down and I'm like okay what am I gonna do I had been working on real estate because I met Kylie at church I'm like okay I got real estate I have to go I have to go take this test I have to so I went and took my test failed it (laughs) this is not okay this is not okay I do not like failing tests yeah went back studied I think the second time, failed it again. I was like, 
All right, now it's really personal for me. <laughs> right, now <laughs> I will conquer this. And, like, oh, my daughter is like, you're going to take the test again, aren't you? I can see <laughs> her making that exact face, too. She did. So by this point, Elena is like seven, eight years old. She already knows how mom is, and she's yeah. like, do you want me to help you with your real estate flashcards? I'll sit here. Aww. And I'm like, yes, she is the these. best. So she's, I'm doing these flashcards. Finally went back, take it a third time. And I passed and I was like, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. And she gets called? in touch with me. Yeah. And I'm like, I passed this test. And I was like, yay. And we did the, ah, where, you know, girls hold each other's hands and jump yes. up and down and squeal. We did that thing. So then I started doing real estate. Well, Thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely loved it because I was at almost every single Tuesday meeting. Mm -hmm. And we Um, got to hang out all damn day. Yeah, absolutely. The office staff was great. Like, I loved working with Andy. I loved working with you. Wait a minute. Rewind. Can you say that again? You loved working with who? Andy. Andy. See? See, Andy. See, Andy, listen, people love you. Listen, his sense of humor is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> it's priceless. You just got to get him, right? I you love do. Andy so you do. much. Plus, I think being in the military for so long, like, it helped me appreciate that type of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That humor. boot up your butt. Yeah. Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, like, oh. I don't care how many bad. wins you have. Look yeah. at all your losses and get more wins. Your dog died? Nobody cares. Go back to work. <laughs> work harder. Okay. Buy another you know dog. What? Don't you know be what? trash. You know what will help you forget that? Do some more work. Yeah. Go back to work. Like, okay. So, but I had some other things happen while I was doing real estate where I needed something that, that brought me a more consistent paycheck. And sometimes that's just the way it is. You got to step back and adjust fire. As much as I loved real estate and I absolutely hated with a passion stepping back from it. I had to, and of course, I'm sitting in my computer chair, fiddling around with whatever, I think we were dealing with a house at that point. Mm-hmm. We were in the middle of a deal, and I was like, okay, I gotta figure this out. What am I gonna do? I'm mumbling to myself. My daughter waltzes in, and she's like, you should go back into law enforcement. <laughs> a wise seven-year-old once said. I look at her, and I'm like, what? She's like, well, you love law enforcement. You love, like, you you love it. I know you love it. And I know that you miss it. I see you miss it. Oh. I do miss it, honey. But mommy stepped away from that because mommy had you. She's like, who cares? I can wipe my own butt now. So. <laughs> like, and she yeah. can wipe John's butt. She's like, I'm older now. And, you know, John wears pull-ups not diapers so we're like <laughs> we're, we're halfway there yeah, like, totally self-sufficient she's don't like, make you she's like you can do it and i can I, microwave soup mom i'm she's like i can make eggs and cereal i'm like totally got this okay she's like so you should just you should do it mom because you love that and when we're grown up and we're not here what are you gonna do okay you got like a huge point there I have I don't have any answer. Like I don't have an answer. So immediately got on the phone, called Oakland Police Academy, and they're like, Oh yeah. By the way, our academy starts next week. Okay then. So I had to go through the interview process, do the entire 
through the entire packet, all that, and I ended up passing everything, starting the police academy the very next week. Went to the police academy. Oh, God, the stories <laughs> from the police academy. Oh, my gosh. So going through the military police academy in my 20s was completely different than the <laughs> academy in my 30s. Because now I was 35, already had two children, and everyone who has children here understands that your body doesn't work the same <laughs> No, <laughs> Much less like waking up early in the morning to do push-ups and sit-ups and all the things in that area. So <laughs> um, I had to sort of revisit a lot of pieces of myself that I left when I walked away from the military. And that was that was an interesting process because mm. one of the reasons I put those pieces away is because there were no there was no place for those pieces in being a mom. So I brought those pieces back out when I was at the academy and put them right back in my purse when I got home. Um I remember calling Kylie almost daily with, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this because the average age of this academy is like 22 single with no children. And she's like, and these kids are freaking stupid. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe this is the future of our law enforcement. We're doomed. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me and tell me to keep doing this because I want to quit. She's like, no, you're not going to quit. You're an idiot. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> did you put on your Trisha coach hat? I did. It sounded like you to a T. And I was like, are you on my side or Trisha's? Who are you? Like, Stop crying and just take it. <laughs> so, Nobody cares. We're Carter. It's just like, just, just do it. Say good morning to me and I'll, you know, continue to tell you to suck it up and just keep going. And I every morning I text her. Good morning, sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. Day 12 of the academy. And it was, what, six months? Yeah. I'd get a day 40, blah, 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 of the academy. And she'd be like, you're almost there, but I need you to be finished because I miss you. I did. I, I missed you, you terribly. Yes. But this is a good place to pause, right? Is this yeah. a good place to pause? So when we get back, Bevan is going to finish telling us how she went through the academy doing all of the things, wearing all of the hats. And then she's going to tell us some amazing stories about being a cop. And then she's going to tell us some more amazing stories. So make sure you come back for the amazing stories. <laughs> You're not allowed to use the word amazing anymore in this podcast. Did you know that over 80% of real estate agents call it quits within their first year in the business? It's a staggering statistic, but at MyStarsAcademy.com, we're here to change that narrative. Our expert-based training and coaching program caters to both agents and brokers. The Agent Accelerator Program is your key to leveling up your real estate business. Learn how to generate a constant flow of free leads convert those leads into loyal clients, and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts bring years of proven success to the table and provide one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you achieve structure and work-life balance. We'll map out a plan for you to follow, guiding you through the steps to scale and grow both in your business and personal life. Don't become another statistic. 
Visit mystarsacademy.com and enroll today to pave the way for your future success. All right. Can I have the clap? Okay. All right. We are back with Bevan, who is telling us an amazing story of how she came to be where she is today. She started at the beginning. I mean, when you have an author on, it doesn't get much better when you get stories. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's, a, she's it's like you do this for a living. We're I love it so much. This is great. Because I know a great many of these stories. But it's like when we interviewed Andy, you're like, I already know the stories. So you have to write the outline. I know. I know none of these stories. So let's let her finish her story. All right. So you left off. Where did we leave off? Police Academy. Police Academy. Police Academy. It was difficult. And I missed you. Is yes. where we left off. You let yes. Kylie coach you through. Yes. Yeah, and that was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the blind leading the blind. The one thing Kylie does better than anybody is makes you smile and laugh. This is true. She this can brighten any day. Very true. We very, have a lot of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> if you are sad, just call Kylie. Yeah. Yes. Or you can subscribe to the Elite Life podcast. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of Kylie over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right, carry on, madame. So, police academy, yes, in the middle. So, major thing with the police academy is being in shape. So, being in shape means not eating what you want to eat anymore. So, chicken and broccoli. Yes, brown chicken, rice. broccoli, brown rice, not even rice. I actually cut green out completely. Oh. Vegetables, protein, that's it. I would allow myself to eat, like, nuts, like, mixed nuts. I felt like a loser, frankly, because everyone <laughs> in, like, the lunchroom had, like, a, oh, my God. And this was the other thing. A lot of them lived with their parents Aww. still, so their moms made their lunch, and they were Aww. like, what'd you bring? Chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese. your lunch? I said, a mom packed my lunch. This mom. <laughs> Timmy's got a, B, a PBJ in his yeah, with a little note like, on the napkin that says, love you, mom. Yeah. No, a lot of the guys, oh, my mom packed me this pizza. And you're like, and, uh, don't tell anyone that your mom packed your lunch. I'm like, you're at the police academy. You're insulting yourself right now. Don't tell people that your mom packed your lunch. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> Keeping our world um, safe, friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We wonder about the state of the world. Here we go. Now we are learning why. There's yep. a new generation of law enforcement. And they eat pizza that their mommy packed for them. So, um, yeah, but a lot of those guys that and gals that I graduated with, are they turned out to be wonderful, wonderful officers. Very proud of all of them. With as young as they are and a lot of the things that we have going on in our society today i they're they're wonderful officers they deal with a lot and they handle it very well especially with their age so um yeah i i made it through and uh my daughter was extremely supportive there was a lot of nights of my my kids sleeping in my bed cuz i literally did not see them all day I'd pick them up for my mom. I would go home. Literally, by the time we got home, we had an hour to do dinner, bedtime routine, and that was it. And they were in mom's bed, which meant I literally didn't sleep through the police academy. <laughs> my little man sleeps like an epileptic <laughs> and was kicking my uterus the entire time. <laughs> no sleeping. 
um, but made it through. Kylie came to my graduation. Oh, that was so cool. Finally, I got a job. That was the other thing. I was getting ready to graduate. I had, um, again, it was not an option to graduate without a job. Not an option. And I'd call Kylie at night. This is, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. I have to have a job. Like, who who crosses the stage with no job when you graduate from the police academy? She's like, well, if there's anyone that'll figure it out, it's you. Yeah. I know it's you. I received lots of calls that were, um, this is the Oakland County Sheriff's calling for Trisha. This is the Waterford Police Department calling for Trisha. <laughs> so Kim would send me these emails like, the Waterford Police Department called for you? And I'm like, what? What is happening? Who did something wrong in my family? <laughs> And then it would be like, oh, we're asking about, and I'm like, they could really leave better messages so yeah. you're not losing your mind. Trying to figure the- out which one of us is yeah. in jail. Yeah. yeah. Because with our family, that that happens. Yeah. They'd that leave, happens. They'd leave no listen, information except listen. to call back this police Trisha's department. Trisha's like, today's the day. Kylie snapped. It's today. She set her house on fire, sold her kids. It's today. Today's the day. Getting bail money. Yeah. So... Got a job, Waterford Police Department. I was like, bam, I'll take it. Or they'll take me. I think that's how it worked. They were <laughs> choosing to take me. So They were happy um, and blessed to take you. I was very blessed. And let me tell you, it's a wonderful police department. Absolutely love that police department. I couldn't have asked for a better spot. Like, They're just, just wonderful people. All the officers I work with are awesome. That's and great. Once again, I am the oldest person on the road on my shift, but for their age, they handle themselves very well, and I could not ask for better officers to work with, to be frank. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love it. What a journey. Yeah. What's your new book about? Yes! Uh, I'm totally shifting gears because I have the pleasure of being her editing partner. So, and I will text um, her and be like, B, you owe me some words I need to know. I have to know what happens next. Please tell like me what happens. 10,000 words I at do. this point. So we agreed. We have an accountability situation. Yes. We agreed that Bevan would serve me up with at least 100 quality words. Quality they have to be quality words. Whereas I'm like, so I'm throwing mine in chat GPT and we're going <laughs> to, I'm just kidding. So when you guys write, do you literally like type it all out or do you use a little like microphone on your head that you're just like, bah, 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 I'm bah, bah. very old school. I don't know about. Do you have an actual typewriter with a ribbon? No. <laughs> I used to. Actually. Yeah. Typewriters are fabulous. And then finally, another friend of mine who I used to talk to um, in like these writers guilds, she mm-hmm. was like, okay. You need to get rid of the typewriter. <laughs> it's creepy. It's weird. And this is the 21st century. It's very Stephen King. We use computers here. Um, and it'll make your life 10,000 times easier. So I started using a computer like a normal person. <laughs> um, but I type everything out. I don't use a microphone or anything like that. I'm very, very authentic, very raw when I write. But you have your journals too. Yes, I do. Pen, pencil. And a journal, if I get an idea wherever I'm at, not when I'm at work now, obviously. (laughs) I do not write while I am doing law enforcement. Um, Even just sitting in my bed if I'm watching television and I'll just randomly get an idea for a scene in the book that I'm currently writing. And I'll, okay, click and I'll start writing. And Elena, she already knows what I'm doing. She'll be like, I'll I'll turn this down. (laughs) Turns the TV down. And I'll write out scenes in my journal. 
So then when I get to my computer, I'm writing that scene out and I'm trying to figure out where am I going to put this scene? Okay, this scene is going to go in chapter four, chapter five. And then when I get to that scene, I'm or that chapter, I'm totally excited because now I finally get to put in the scene that I wrote three weeks ago. Yay! Um, but that's how I do it. Sometimes my brain is like a bag of cats when it works. <laughs> like, I will write the end and then it'll get inserted like months later after I've written the whole book. So, so what is this new book about? So the new book expands on um, the main character, Kate Molson's military career. Um, she was in the military. She was an MP. So kind of like Star Wars, I did it backwards. When <laughs> I wrote the first book, the first book should really be in the middle of this series, and the book I'm writing now is supposed to be in the beginning of the series. Yeah. So that's what the second book is about. It's, it's just expanding on all of her experiences in the military, and immediately when she gets out of the military and gets a job with the detective um, organization that she's working with in the first book. So you can really understand where she's coming from and all the experiences she's gone through to make her who she, why she is the way that she is. And if you've read the book, like Kylie has. <laughs> so funny story about that. A few people from the church that Kylie and I used to go to actually bought the first book and read it. I remember coming into church and they pulled separately. They would like pulled me aside and they were like, are you okay? <laughs> you need to talk to someone. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you about? need more Jesus? Should You're we like, dump I you made in the it tub? To church. Like, I feel like I can I just give you a hug? I'm like, what is going on? Or like, we read your book. Did these things really happen? And I'm like, no, it's completely fictional. What it's is a book? Talking? It's a book. It's a story. It's fictional. Oh, they seemed so real. That's the point of, well, it did its job. That's the <laughs> point of writing. Yeah. No, these things are totally false. And if you've read the book, like what they're asking me about, I'm like, no, these these things are completely fictional. Right. None of them are real. They did not happen. I, I will say, as I was reading the book, it'll be different for people who are reading the book who don't know you personally, right? But knowing you personally, as I was reading the book, I looked at Ryan. I'm like, oh, my God, this just happened. And I wonder if that happened to Bevan. Ryan's like, you're stupid. Put the book down. <laughs> Smooch my face. Bevan didn't go through that. She made that up. We so. let her watch our children. She'd be a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is, I mean, it is a really good read. You Adrenaline Rush was, like I said, I finished it in like three days, could not put it down. And Well, I'm now you can give it to me because you have 75 of my books. So. I, well, I will loan be, it to you. I'll be like, it I is. used to have these 15 books and they're all gone. You're also missing socks, shirts, and a couple of hats, <laughs> all right? I know you miss Nikki. I'm filling that role of stealing your shit <laughs> thanks bud you're welcome um you have to give it back though because it is signed by the author oh there is a love note in there. it is special it is special i will loan it to you though so you don't have to wait until the middle of february to read it okay. and then you can be super ready for the second book to come out yes the I'm second pumped. book should be finished by the middle of march and I'm hoping to do a book signing at Motor City, Motor City Comic Con in May if they allow me to get a table there. Exciting! 
thing. So be there. Go find Bevan. Mm-hmm. Say hi. Get a copy of her book. Yeah. Yep. She'll write her name in it for you, and she she'll will. probably put a love note inside. And you'll. And now you know how amazing and awesome she is. That she doesn't just write books. She saves the freaking world. She does. For real in real she life. Die. Literally, she saves the world. One call at a time. I love it. Are there? Are there any? So I want to ask a question. No, so you are doing all of these things, and you have done all of these things, and you're obviously very organized. What do you use to stay organized? Because you have a personality like mine, where like things have to be where they are and do things at certain times and things like that. So, so believe it or not, a lot of people would think that I use a planner or something like that. I don't think I've ever used a planner. No, I take that back. One time when I was in the army, I used to use. One of those plain green, like, notebooks I used to, like, write stuff in. And actually, at the top of the page, for that day, it was shit to do. <laughs> All right. With the date. Um, now it's because I've been in the first responder career field for so long, I have learned how to just organize my day just in my brain. Really? So I don't put anything on paper. I don't even use my phone. It's just all up here. That's why. So now it's, does that really need to happen right now? Or can this happen? No, this can happen right now. And I will do that. So it's, it's I'm consistently reorganizing my day in my head. And everything always just tends to work out. So you just have a Google Calendar in your I've head. got a Google Calendar in my head. I wonder if that gives less anxiety, though. Because, like, I'll look at my week ahead and I'll be like, there's so many colors and things. Like, I don't even want to go to sleep because I don't want to wake up and have to do all these things. But if I don't have them anywhere, but I feel like I would forget everything. Well, I mean, you had stuff on the calendar yesterday. And then you looked at the time and you were like, oh, my God, I have to be in Livonia from Waterford in yeah. 29 minutes. Obviously, so my brain wouldn't work One that thing that I do use my Outlook calendar for is my court dates because I can I will forget my so like for traffic when you're running traffic if someone contests a ticket you have to go to court or so it's either over zoom or you have to do an informal with them or you're in front of the judge that I always put that on the (laughs) and it always bings my phone like one or two two days ahead one day ahead like consistently counting down because if you miss court I, you don't feel like I don't want to answer to my supervisors on why I missed court. Yeah. <laughs> like a big I forgot. <laughs> what if? <laughs> Oops. Because is it true? If you don't you. show up, then they just get out of that ticket, right? Yeah, and that's a no-go. Okay. That's an absolute no-go. Um, so the only other time I used something like that was when I was doing my certification for bodybuilding coach. Which was what? I wasn't even on. I wasn't on the list. <laughs> yeah. What other jobs have Listen, you had that so we didn't know about? I am horse a, trainer. I am a. <laughs> I am equestrian. <a> <laughs> no, I am a certified bodybuilding coach. I'm actually um, supposed to. <laughs> when I get home later Who are tonight, you? I am taking my final exam for um, tactical conditioning coach. <laughs> so. Is that so you can teach me how to be a better helper to Ryan in the zombie apocalypse? Yes, we'll go with that. It's actually because my brother, it's, I do those things. So it was, it, it goes hand, it's like PB&J. It goes hand in hand with the, with the bodybuilding thing. So, and my brother, he does tactical, what are, what are called tactical games. It's like a mixture between 
shooting your gun and CrossFit. Okay. They've decided to mix these things. You just said the magic word for Trisha. Yes. They've decided to mix these things and make a tactical game. So you're doing all these, like, CrossFit movements, but then you have to, like, stop and shoot a target. (sighs) Well, this is totally intriguing to my brother, Philip, because he's a Marine. Mm -hmm. So anything that has to do with shooting something, he's like, you should totally do this with me. And I'm like, sure. Let me find time for that. So... Me being me, agreed to do some tactical game with him in the summer. And I was like, well, I'll do the tactical conditioning coach certification. It'll fulfill my CPEs for my other one. And so, you know, the story just, can, I, I mean, I could be here all day with <laughs> <laughs> the stuff. Like training for a half marathon right now. My dad and I are supposed to do the Pinkney half again. I think it's in March or May. So, and of course my dad. You have I'll to do the Sam voice. Is he very fast? How fast my do you dad, on it? Like a jackrabbit. My rabbit. dad, he has an inner beast that he's decided to just l- allow to, like, take the longest nap ever. He used to do Ironman triathlons. And now he's almost 70, and he's trying to fulfill his role of being, uh, uh, like, total grandpa and, like, make bread. I was just (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you, Papa Sam makes the best bread. He makes some bomb bread. But you can't eat it because you're bodybuilding and tactical (laughs) training. He'll make, he'll make, that's, like, he'll be like, I made a loaf today. And I'm like, well, that's great because I can't eat the loaf. We're going to send this to Kylie's house. Wonderful. <laughs> Give me the loaf. Wrap it in some, I don't know, find a towel. It's going to Kylie's house. <laughs> if it stays here, the whole loaf is, you know, just, it's going to be obliterated. And my thighs are going to crawl. So now he's like, because you're so dedicated towards your diet, I've decided to help and not make any more homemade loaves. Like, Thanks, Dad. Thanks for that. He's like, but I did buy wine. <laughs> okay, well, I can't drink either, so congratulations to you. I look forward to uh, speaking with you when that bottle of wine is gone. That'll yes. be an entertaining conversation, Dad. Yes. So I'll get home, and here's Dad sitting in the in the living room watching some sort of baking show or The Crown, because yes. that's his favorite show to watch. I didn't realize that happened family this is this is perturbing highly vested in the royal family yes my four-year-old playing with cars and elena going can we watch something else that doesn't have to do with politics the royal family or baking and i'm like what is happening here i'll be like oh i didn't realize you walked in come sit I've been watching The Crown for hours. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know, I had, you know, all these things to eat, but I know you can't eat them because you're training. How many miles are you running today? Well, I don't know. How many miles are you running today? <laughs> Probably none, but I know we have a marathon we have to run. I'm not going to run any today. I'm like, <laughs> why am I the only one that's training? Well, I'll probably. 
So will you walk it with him or will you just run and leave him behind? I will be very frustrated if he walks that thing and he knows I'll be frustrated. I'm like, listen, I love you, but you're on your own, bubs. Like, <laughs> work my butt off to train for this thing. I'm at least going to do a nine-minute mile the whole time, maybe a 10. But if you're going to walk, I support you. May the odds ever be in your favor. <laughs> I cannot walk. I'm not walking. It takes a long time if you walk. Oh, my God. You just want to do, do the thing. I just, just want to do the over. thing. Yeah. You already know that at some point it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Why are we prolonging that? Yeah. It doesn't need to be any longer than it needs to be. So you guys literally, every time you talk about running a marathon, like you never cease to talk me out of it. Like you always, always uh, give me several pieces of evidence for why I will not ever do it. Not ever. (laughs) Listen, when you're doing it, and a lot of people don't realize this, nor do they believe you, you do actually get some sort of an adrenaline pump. Okay. It's a... what do they call it? Runner's high? Runner's high. Runner's high. You'll get it. Listen. It'll happen. And once it happens, it's, it's, you'll never be, it's, you're done. You're hooked. I will get, I can get that same adrenaline rush by putting all of my kids in one room and closing the door for about four to five minutes. Drinking two Celsiuses and calling it a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am sweating like there's caffeine just dripping out of my pores right now. All right, let's let Bevan ramp because I know she has to get back to her fam and your dad was like going on a trip. So <laughs> <laughs> he's home now. He's like, I'll do it next week. Okay. Like, now I want to meet your dad too because oh. it's like it's like when Kylie um does her Ryan voice. Now I'm like, I must I must meet this man <laughs> and I want some of his yummy bread and wine. Oh, you do <laughs> yes. want his bread. Yes. I will tell And I'm gonna watch so the crown with him because Bevan brought a, a loaf to my house. It was less than 24 hours because you were on shift the next day. I had Elena. She comes over and she's like, hey, can I get a piece of that bread? I'm like, there's none left for you to have. Here's a crumb. Um, (laughs) We ate it all. I ate it. I ate it all. The thing to understand about him is he just retired again. So he retired from automotive from a company called Valio. He worked there for like 22, 25 years and then decided to retire and become a missionary. Moved to Albania, lived in Albania for nine years as a missionary, and then retired again and is now living with me. So in Albania, everything is like made from scratch. Bread, everything, everything. Everyone eats stuff off of the farm and kills their own animals. So that's what he's coming from right so now. So they're super healthy is what you're saying. Super healthy, yeah. except my dad indulges in the healthiness to the point where it's not really that healthy. Uh, yeah. So it's like... Fair enough. Yeah. So that's that's... That just goes into my dad's personality. You're going to come home one day and there are going to be like chicken feathers all over the kitchen. Today, Jonathan and I went to get a chicken and I was instructing Jonathan on how to properly defeather a chicken. And we came back with 25 chickens. <laughs> and that's my goal for this year is to go on a mission trip. So now I have another thing to talk to him about and meet there him There you for. go. Boom. I, I got a, this. That'll be part two. We'll have to have him on for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners or chat about before we let you go on to your regularly scheduled life? Um, I think one thing for sure, kind of like what I said earlier, life sometimes just throws you some curveballs that 
might seem really crappy, but the time you take to beat yourself up over doing something wrong is the time you could have taken to do it right. Oh, I love that. That's a mic drop clip right there. It is. That's what I've got. I love it so much. That's beautiful. Thank you, Bevan, so much. This was awesome getting to know you better. See, I told I you we time. needed to have her on. <laughs> Trisha was like, who are we going to interview? I'm like, freaking Bevan! She's I'm like, I, I don't have the pleasure of knowing Bevan as well as you do. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. It's going to be a great show. And it was. Good stuff. Do we have time for a fun question? Sure, go right ahead. You have three minutes. If you could be any, who's your favorite villain and why? Mm-hmm. Bane. See? I knew she was going to say that. That's Bane. so weird. I was like, I bet she says Bane. That's I was, wild. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I was molded by it. Why did I know that in my brain? That's so weird. He is by far, and it might sound like it makes no sense, but he's by far one of the most normal criminals I've ever seen. He's just wonderful. I love it. <gasps> All right. If you, Trisha, do your question. If you could go back and tell teenage you something, what would you tell her? Commitments are important. Um, and I say that because one thing my mom strived to teach me was about commitment. I used to do Scottish Highland Dance when I was younger. I did it for about 13 years. And when I was little, I liked it. And when I started to get older, I didn't like it so much. And I wanted to do something else. My mom would not allow me to quit. And through that, I learned that even when you don't like something, like being committed to something is extremely important. It is very important. Very important. So I have to go outdoor in the cold. You have to go outdoor. I got to outdoor too still after I go to the urgent care. All right. One last question. You got one minute, 38 seconds. Uh, If you could be any animal, what would you be? A dog. See? Dogs are the best. What kind of – would you be bear? So bear is her dog. I would either be an American bulldog or an Alaskan shepherd, which is what bear is. One of those. It's a good answer. I love it. All right, that's what we have today, friends. If you guys didn't like this show, I don't know what to tell you, but I know you did. So make sure you hit that subscription button wherever you're listening. Hit the like, hit the share, share the show. This was an amazing interview, y'all. Just a story for all stories. And don't forget to be on the lookout for Bevan's second installment that goes along with her first book, Adrenaline Rush, which you can find by searching on Amazon. And make sure you come back next week because we drop fresh show every single Thursday. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Elite Life Podcast with Trish and Kylie. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend so we can keep delivering you more fantastic insights on grit, grace, and growth. Stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook, where we'll keep the ideas flowing to help you build a life you love and leave a legacy you can be proud of. Until next time.